This is the podcast for April 30th, 2010. It's not safe for work. It's the Jeff Glass and Blue Gal Podcast. <laughs> there's, a, there's a quote about... about um, uh, I'm, uh, I don't know who wrote it. Probably, I will always describe unknown quotes to Anatole France. So I'll go. just say, you know, it was probably Anatole France who said. Yeah. Um, it was one of Shakespeare's unpublished manuscripts that I yes. read at the Folger Library. Yes. <laughs> Few know of this. <laughs> you know, that's part the big central focus of the Harvard Lampoon's Big Book of College Life on faking it at a college mm-hmm. cocktail party is make up stuff about Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. If you're ever caught, say, well, I just read some of his. Tra- mistranslated, yeah, yeah. <laughs> unpublished manuscripts at the Folger Library. I'm uh-huh. sorry, you're unfamiliar with them. Yes. <laughs> the interlineal notes of Two Gentlemen of Verona, of Timon of Athens. No, which, that was his working title for the Merry yeah. Wives of Windsor. Did yeah. you know? <laughs> yes. Just never admit you're wrong, go full right. snob. Go full and just, snob. And look at people over your spectacles. Yes, and make sure you develop really? an intense hatred for some romantic poet. Yes. Byron? <laughs> Let's reread some of his so called poems. <laughs> and then you smash your glass. And smash your glass the against the fireplace. And the oh. girl the girl at the the cute girl down at the end at the cocktail party thing. Oh, he's the one that hates Byron. <laughs> he's so deep and he's moody. so deep and wounded, yes. Uh huh. Yes, excellent. Yes, excellent. I'll be tapping I'll that. Be tapping you know, exactly. That's what gets you into the panties. Later. It gets you yeah. into the panties, my friend. That's, That's the right. goal. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Bill Shakespeare. <laughs> That's what shaking your spear means. Yes, right. It's true. Oh, but you were saying uh, that the, the writer ahead. never sort of writes a, a novel. The novel is never finished. It's every writer is always writing about here is where I'm at right now. Here's what things look like to me right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you do that your whole life, and you mm-hmm. chunk it up into stories and novels and poems. But really, it is an ongoing dialogue between you and reality, mm-hmm. trying to explain to yourself where, where I'm at now, what things look like now. Mm-hmm. Which is why when you read Hamlet at 18, it makes absolutely no goddamn sense at all. Right, right. And you read Hamlet at 30, like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it now. Yeah. Um, which is why you can't read Lear, you know, well, you can, but well. you can't really read Lear until you're older. Right, and you and understand I'm sure, aging. I'm sure if you saw the YouTube of sassy gay friend at 20, it would make no sense to you at all. But <laughs> well, when that you, might. When you watch it at 46, it makes total yes. sense. Hamlet. There, we're talking yeah. about Hamlet here, Ophelia. Mm-hmm. You need to Ophel yourself right out of here and not commit suicide. <laughs> Don't get your hair wet. <laughs> ah, now I understand Hamlet. Yeah. Now I get. Well, it's like jazz. You know, at some he point, he stabbed your little... father through a curtain, Ophelia. <laughs> Run. Do not walk. There, there's a switch that goes off in your head at some point, and you start recognizing the the subtleties of things that you never got before. And just yeah. it's just the way it is. Yeah. So, you know, you can't really understand, you know, aging and loss and family yeah. and, and, yeah. and regret re- and, when you're and 20. your parents as adults and yeah. people you can't who are do flawed, it. who are deeply flawed no. people. Yeah. You can appreciate, you know, uh, uh, you can appreciate the beauty of the writing. Yeah, I appreciated. Yeah. You know, I was I was smart enough to appreciate the the gorgeousness of the language. I never appreciated Thomas Hardy though. No, well, nobody does. <laughs> Everyone lies about that. He said, "Smashing a glass against the wall." Thomas, Thomas Hardy? Hardy. Let's reread oh, some of his so-called hey, prose. <laughs> hey, 
Return the fucking native. You really want to go there? You really want to do that? Chess to the Dubravilles? Chess to the Dubravilles can suck my dick. And then you storm away. And then you oh. storm away. And ooh. then you get, you know, 12 hours later. Yeah. She knocks he's... on your do- your dorm room door. and Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> Thank you, Bill. I was really worried about you because you were so upset when someone yeah. mentioned Thomas Hardy. Yeah. I, I just don't want to talk about I just it. Don't want, I, but I really don't want to be alone you know, either. Yeah. <laughs> it wrecks me. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. And and any guy that doesn't admit yes. <laughs> that that's why he went into that's why the, he went into yeah is lying to you. Is absolutely lying absolutely. to you. You know, all men are dogs. Yeah, I've said well, this before. I've written it before. All the men are dogs. Who, the guy who gave fifty dollars to Ensign. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That was in two twenty-five dollar yeah. contributions, and that was that is all the campaign money that Ensign raised last quarter. <laughs> they asked this one person, "Why'd you why'd you give Ensign fifty dollars?" All men are dogs. All men are dogs. <laughs> all men are dogs, and, and and it is it is simply a matter of how well we master our doggishness. Yeah, <clears throat> that's the measure of of, of civility. But and then down, you have a daughter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then, you know, and then it's oh. over. It's like, it's oh, sure. God, you mean the woman, the the young baby that I am completely responsible for and completely oh. she's oh. completely in love with me. I'm completely in love with her. And she's my child yes. is going to be the yes. <laughs> the fodder of men like me. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I always wondered that about. Uh, yeah. And then shock, one day she the comes shock home. Shock? Uh, Howard Stern. Howard Stern. I always wondered about Howard Stern, you know, because Howard Stern has daughters. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted, if I could get a call into his show, I always wanted to ask him, would you let your daughters date anyone who listened to your show? Not anyone who was on your show, not anyone like you, because I know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. But the answer to that is no. But a not. listener of your show, would you let your daughters, you know, date someone who even thought your humor was funny? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> and the answer has got to be... No. You know, it depends on the guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, because, you know, I, I'll give you the, I, I, I know little of Howard Stern, but I'll give you the standard honest guy answer, which mm-hmm. is, look, every guy is a fucking dog. Yeah, right. It's it, And, and I, I never begrudge a guy for looking at a, a naked woman, right. looking past his date, occasionally glancing at the pretty mm-hmm. lady across mm-hmm. the way, mm-hmm. looking at, at attractive pictures of attractive mm-hmm. women or men, if you're gay, I, that, mm-hmm. that. That falls into the same category. Yep. But acting on it is the line you draw. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. you keep it in your head. Yep. And, you know, you enjoy it for what it is, mm-hmm. and then you behave like a fucking grown-up. Right. You take responsibility for your actions, and you treat people with respect. You recognize you that them. what's yeah. in your pants is going to treat women like right. crap. What's yes. in your head has to treat women like human beings. Yeah. And that love is more powerful than your cock. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, but it's more subtle. It is much more subtle and yeah. it's much more um, persistent and it's much more um, nuanced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we guys are not wired to do any of those things. Subtle, nuanced, what? Yeah. No, uh-huh. I want to drag no, it back to my cave. I want to drag her back to the cave by the hair. Yes. And yes, yes. yes. Right. Right. And, but, you know, the idea that... You know that you're going to get rid of that impulse in a male is simply false. It's mm-hmm. never, ever, ever going to happen. Yep. But 
to what cause do they turn it? Do they, do they throw their passion into helping, to saving the world, to teaching children, to doing whatever they do? Yep. Or loving their wife and raising their children, you know, like and a, like a, can. like yep. a gentleman. Like, mm-hmm. well, I consider gentlemen to be the highest compliment you can, just about the highest compliment you can pay a man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that means a, a thousand things. Mm-hmm. It means courteous, smart, thoughtful, um, honest, honorable. Uh, it is it is completely apolitical. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum, uh, because I happen to believe that the more gentlemanly you behave, the more you tend towards tolerance, and you will come into the light, my brother, <laughs> and you will see the glories that is liberalism. Mm-hmm. But that's just mm-hmm. me. That's primal male plus civilization. Yeah, creates a gentleman, and gen- you have to make a gentleman. You have to build one. You need you start very young. <laughs> and you have to, you know, you have to have good male role models. You have to have a school system. You have to understand that guys need leadership. They need models for good behavior yep. and they need discipline. Yeah. They need lines drawn for them. I can't speak That's to it. girls because I wasn't raised a girl. I was raised a guy. Yep. And, you know, we, we're just anxious to get out there and start. You know, yep. doing really bad things or, or you know, just. And, and, and limits to that include, you know, what you do in the shower if you clean up after yourself yes. is your business. <laughs> you know? I don't I care. Mean, I'm raising a son who's 11, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's interested in, you know, the. <laughs> Girls? The Sports Illustrated swimsuit models on the TV. Yep. You know, that's. All of a he's sudden, right, oh, he's right on right on schedule. Right, he's right on schedule. <laughs> he's right on schedule. All of a sudden, he's realizing this makes me feel happy in a good place, yes. you know. Yeah. And you can't fight that from the no. standpoint with an eleven-year-old of, all right, I'm going to talk to you about fem- my feminist ideology and how it brings yeah. all the boys to the yard. You know, this is part of the this is part of the thing that this is uh, this is one of the ways in which certain branches of feminism mm-hmm. failed mm-hmm. Yeah. because they 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 made the same mistake that communists made yeah. and the conservatives yeah. made exactly. that exactly. if you if if your ideology begins first we'll change human nature yeah yeah then to conform to this sort of ideal yep. over here yep. and once yep. we've changed human nature to conform to our our particular ideal then everything works great yep. except as and we're going to be everyone, really really angry until Yes, until human nature <laughs> until changes. Until human nature changes. Now, th- yeah. that is not all yeah. feminism. It's, not even, no, it's femi- not even most feminism. But there were no. certain, there are certain strands of feminism yeah. that, that, that I believe me, that rubbed, I rubbed right up against it in the 80s. In academia, yeah. In academia, yes. it was, you know, men are basically failed yeah. creatures. Yep. They're basically, you know, oh, broken. I, I was in a class, thick. I was in a class in graduate school where the professor wouldn't let men take the class. I mean, it was that bad. She says, no, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm allowed to limit class size to eleven, mm-hmm. and I'm going to select the students, and there aren't going to be any men. Yeah. Even though for the first class, you know, even though it was a women's studies course, so you right. know there weren't a lot of men showing up, but there were mm-hmm. some. Mm-hmm. A fifth of the students there were men. Mm-hmm. And I took I took a couple of those classes. Yeah. And it was it was fascinating. It's it was it, fascinating. It's fascinating, but it's also just. And it was. I mean, it was well. It was warfare. Yeah, and it yeah, was something. Yeah. It, it was something I really wanted to do. I really mm-hmm. wanted to sort of stick my head right in the middle of whatever the controversy was, and really, you know, be front and center. No, you don't get and to talk about behind the, my back. It, will it be bloggable filter to no, help you? Along? I just wanted. No, 
I was I was an adventurer. Yeah. I yeah. wanted the adventure of being in the middle of that, so I went and did that, and that was it was fascinating. It was you know, it was the Ellen Jamesians. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was it was We're it was cut out our tongues. Yeah, it was men are monsters. How, yeah. Men are yeah. born monsters, and you know, and and that's the problem is is that you could see, and again, this is not all or even no, most not even feminist. Yeah. It's a particular. Um, hardcore totalizing, you know, in a sense totalitarian, in the sense that it's totalizing. It has a complete worldview that emits no alternate interpretations of anything. Mm-hmm. Everything is the patriarchy. Everything is male conspiracy. Everything is monstrous. Everything is a conspiracy against women. Period. Yeah. Now, believe me, as a white male <laughs> I, yeah. living in the 20th century, I get that I have privileges and I have I have things oh, yeah. handed yeah. to me. Yep. That uh, that other people don't. That you'll never get an argument out of me about that. It's taking that to the absolute nth degree. Mm-hmm. What and part of it, part of it for. is um, recognizing, <laughs> as I said once more, once earlier in this podcast, the power of away from, <laughs> and and also the power of just you don't have to react to everything. Yeah. I, I think that's that's one of the things that graduate school hopefully teaches you. <laughs> is because I, I know go undergraduate school it just it's a, oh well I have to have an opinion on that because yeah. because I have to and I me and my opinion and blah 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 and, and we as bloggers get so caught up in that as so that's why blog the blogosphere is high school is yeah. You know, well, what do you think of what so and so said about Obama? I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> yeah, no, that yeah. is unacceptable. You know, and you then <laughs> and for form some an opinion reason, and defend it. For some reason, during the primary season, it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I'm not even that's prom. Go there. That's prom season. You prom, know, in, primary season is prom season. It and is. Who is he going with? And who is she? Yeah. How did he treat her? And how did she treat him? And what happened then and what and you just and you just th- and then you and then you rehash it oh, oh the mm-hmm. band did this did you hear that band and they were just so mean to so and so and did you hear what she said about him over wow. by the thing dude yeah, you know, yeah you're gonna find at that at that yeah. particular prom you're gonna find me under the bleachers yeah uh, with with you know with four other people <laughs> and a case of banging beer banging on the gong as Bang. Rachel said howling at the moon and Go trying to ba- get banging on the bong I think was what she said tonight something like that's that that's right and and trying to you know and, and throwing tantrums over Thomas Hardy so mm-hmm. I can get their pants off yep that's what that's what that's about that's what that's happening yeah that's the freaks are under the bleachers to me. trying to climb in each other's pants and that's where <laughs> that's where the real party is so yes yep I don't know what I just agreed to, but well. by Jiminy. <laughs> Wait a minute. I just talked for a friggin' hour. What did, what did we talk about again? <laughs> One of the things that, um, uh, I don't know if you saw this in the paper or across the, the blogosphere, there was a big, long, whiny article in Politico today or yesterday no, about. I don't read that. I, I use the power of away from when it comes to Politico. <laughs> You're very smart. Again, smarter than me, better than me in every possible way. Everyone should know that. Um, but I couldn't avoid it because it, it cropped up in one of my favorite local blogs, the Beachwood Reporter. Oh, which is wonderful. The, blogs, yeah. the off, awesome Steve Rhodes. Yeah. And um, it, it popped up in a lot of other places, and I sort of couldn't get away from it. But it was this long, whiny article about 
Barack Obama doesn't play nice with the media, and he doesn't play nice with the press, and he doesn't give us press opportunities, and Bill Clinton and even George Bush had more, you know, press conferences, although I don't remember George Bush having, you know, the the Mm -hmm. eight-hour C-SPAN, you know, um, colloquium on this subject and that subject, which, which Obama has done. Um, but I take I take their point. I, I you know I really do think that you know Obama has worked the press brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really has you know his the big problem that he was hearing about was being overexposed. Mm-hmm. Well, for somebody who has done fewer news conferences than George Bush did at this time in yeah. in White I House, really noticed that absolutely. Yeah, that that to be to be considered overexposed is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, because he's you know, and and he, that's because he is in lots of places, and he his 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 media handlers are really good. But he should do he should be doing this. this as, I'm telling you, like a, as a liberal, he should do twice as many press conferences. Mm-hmm. He should answer twice as many questions off the cuff. I agree with the tone of the article. I absolutely do. Let me stipulate that. Now, having said that, here's the problem. And I will, I'll quote, I believe, directly from Balloon Juice, or at least from from one of the sources. Look, during during the Bush administration, George Bush made the media his bitch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now they're everybody's bitch. Yeah, you know they lost. Mm-hmm. Once you've lost the respect of my respect, yeah, you know I don't care. I don't right. really care what you have to say. You know, you, you have it's the David power of away from. It's yeah. why it's why I can simply turn off. I don't Political? care what I don't read that. I That's don't Republican care. crap. <laughs> well, I don't care what Chuck Todd has to say most of the time. I don't yeah. care what David Cooper has to say most yeah. of the time. They have no credibility. Yep. They are completely sold out inside the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, jerks or yeah. jerk offs. Mm-hmm. And occasionally they say very wonderfully interesting, you know, um, data driven things that I find fascinating. But for the most part, the press was so completely in the tank with Bush. Mm-hmm. You know, he mm-hmm. so completely put the tramp stamp on their ass mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that now they want to yep. they want to whine and complain that they're being abused yeah. by Barack yeah. Obama. Yeah, well, they were of course yeah, they exactly, are. and that's that's oh. exactly what Doug this, Jay over at Balloon Juice said. I I saw the post actually. The you know, this Bush what, made you his bitch, and now you're everybody's bitch right. because they know they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You lost, and you lost. You didn't just lose the respect of the White House. You lost the respect of people who really do follow and take their news seriously. Seriously, exactly. And really do want David to David Gregory seriously. Nobody. Yeah, David Gregory is a punk. Yeah. He's a haircut. And, a haircut and, with a dance. And you that's know? all yeah. he will ever be. And that's the problem is we, you know, over in the what I call the better universe, yeah. we, we could have a really robust press and we really could have a really robust national conversation. We have all the equipment and all the ingredients and we have enough smart people to do it. But there's so much, you know, cho- there's so much cluttering the ar- clogging the arteries. Which is there's why so you are so there. full of shit, Drift Glass, uh, when I you am. say, oh, uh, was, writing, it's dead. It's it is. dead. I can't do it anymore because it's just dead. Who else is doing what you're doing? Uh, Nobody. <laughs> n- nine, nine people and nine imaginary no, people in my head. No, no. they're they're they're. But the, the point being, there are some talented, very talented people out there. There are, yeah, but the that point we being, all I, in, the, both of us enjoy reading tremendously. We do. We do. Once upon a time, however, it used to be possible to dream of being able to do that and, and make have, a living, have, and make <laughs> a living, and have a beer with Mike Royko, and have mm-hmm. more than mm-hmm. a handful of people who are smart, mm-hmm. lovely, delightful people. Um, 
you know, have a, have an audience. I'll settle for an audience half the size of the New York Times. I'll settle for an audience a quarter of the size of the Atlantic. But that's never going to happen. And it's not – that doesn't interfere with my artist side, which does writing for the pleasure of writing, graphics for the pleasure of graphics, and activism because activism must be done. It really doesn't matter how popular your position or how many people are following you. Doing the right thing really is its own reward. Mm -hmm. But part of me lives in the real commercial world, real material world. And part of me just I think it all goes back to chickens. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't it, though? How many chickens does it take? I was talking about this at Salon on Monday night. The addiction to attention that our culture has of reality TV and uh, Sarah Palin, you know, everyone wants to talk about her and the Oprah show and all of these kind of confessional blogs that are out there and Facebook pages and Twitter and all these things and all this idea about People having wanting privacy and not having any is just baloney because you're on your phone sharing your whole life with the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. When you live in a culture where attention is the coin of the realm, uh-huh. then people actually accept that you can be paid with eyeballs. You can be paid with, you, oh, you'll have lots of traffic and attention. Mm-hmm. And that's all, that's enough. And everyone thinks, oh, wow, you know, I had so many hits today. Therefore, I'm a value. You, mm-hmm. but you can't take that chicken to the doctor. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely you know, true. Attention can't be the coin of the realm if you can't buy food with it. And what we have, uh, let's be, let's be. This and this is usually your shtick, but I'll do it mm-hmm. this time. Is we have wonderful supporters. Yes, we, we do. We have people who who go through their sofa cushion in five bucks and yeah, throw it in the, and, in the pot. And that's all we ever ask for, and we're really and, clear about that. You know, and and who are really and who write us wonderful notes and yep. are very supportive of yep. us. And it's not just you know our mommies and daddies no, and friends. These no. are people who we people don't I've know. People I've never and, met before. And that's a really great yeah. place for us to break. I believe. Yeah. There. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you want to tell the people about fundraising? I want to tell the people about well, let's let's not talk about fundraising. We just talk. No. I feel like we just talked their ears yeah. off. Poor poor and, souls. This this week, let's make this week. Email a friend about our podcast week. If you want, yeah. if you can do something for us, our email address. Is DG for Drift Glass, BG for Blue Gal Podcast at gmail.com. We also have a website. It's dgbgpodcast.blogspot.com where you can listen to past episodes and webisodes of our podcasts. Mm-hmm. And um, you can also make a contribution. Many people have, and <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, we never ask for more than $5 from anyone. What else do we have there? Uh, we have our we email have, address. Oh, and we're available on iTunes. And uh, we, we also and, have an RSS we, feed there if you want to download that or link to that. We appreciate it very much. And we love getting your emails. We love and hearing we from you. We have the right to, uh, to, to talk about them on the air. Yes. If you email us at dgbgpodcast at gmail.com, we do reserve the right. Yes. To read your email on the air. Unless, of course, you, you put in there, please, please, for God's sakes, don't read this on the air. And, <laughs> and, and it comes with a nice PayPal thing. That would be great. <laughs> We'd be happy to keep your yes. dirty little secrets dirty just between us and please you. Please no Ben Nelson's sex <laughs> fantasies. No. No, we don't want it. We don't, we don't know. We don't care. We don't open and, those. When, it, when the subject line is ben, my Ben Nelson sex yeah. fantasy, 
We don't even know. We have a spam catcher for that. Yeah. 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 We, my psyche is fragile enough as it is, like getting smashed to bits by that kind of anti-pornography. Honestly. Yeah. And on that note, Blue Gal. On that note, I hear the, the gerbil spinning in the background. This is her, <laughs> this is her time at the gym. <laughs> 1120 at night on a Wednesday is her. In honor of, of all the writers out there. Hey. Let's God let's just say you. God bless the artists and writers of the blogosphere. Amen. <laughs> type us out, Internet Journal. This podcast is produced under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2010, Driftglass Blue Gale Podcast.